This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. That it is. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee for the next two hours. Plenty to get into in this show. This will be a fun show. Yeah. we got a lot of topics out there. We do. People will be crushed we're not in a two-shot, though, Kipper. They were in boxes again, unfortunately. Yeah, we are. Why? I don't know. I thought we looked great in the two. The, the glitch is over? <laughs> the glitch is over, yeah. Okay. Eddie Olchuk will be joining us in about 20 minutes. Former NHLer, currently now Seattle Kraken analyst mm-hmm. for Root Sports. Of course, we also know him for his great work south of the border for TNT. Be great to get his thoughts on this Seattle Kraken team that the Leafs will see tonight. I, for one, didn't see their success at the halfway mark here. No. They are much deeper than I thought. Anyways. Yeah. You know, I would say they're one of the teams that's taken advantage of a soft Pacific division. Like a lot of teams are worse than we thought. Seattle is deep, play four lines and three pairs. And so that's good enough to win a lot of nights in the Pacific. So we'll look forward to Eddie Olchuk. We've also got uh, an old friend in PJ Stock in the second hour. Yes. I don't know where he's been, but he's got a lot of explaining to do. I think he's the only guest we've ever had in studio. I don't Stewie came in once? Yeah, I think he I think he was close to coming in. I don't know if he actually did. No, <laughs> Stewie did come in last year. We had PJ on deadline day. I think he popped up last year. We are also going to um hunt down Eric Lindros. Hmm. He's in Philadelphia uh doing a few things for the uh alumni, I believe, or the organization, whatever the case is. We're hoping that uh, we can track him down long enough to ask him about Connor Bedard and what yeah. is going on there. And we we knew he was really good, but what we've seen in the last week and a half as taking the conversation to one of the best prospects mm-hmm. in, in history, and that that is now now you're in Sidney Crosby, Mary Lemieux, Eric Lindros, Eric Lindros territory. There is only a few people on earth who you can go. What does that feel like, too? Who can answer the question? Eric is one of them. And we uh, will track him down and uh, and get that answer, JB. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so uh, one thought on uh, uh, last night, Canada, USA, before we uh, get to uh, to the Leafs and, and what was a great start for the U.S. team that looked in the first two minutes like this was their night ended up being anything but. Yeah. We had Bukala on yesterday who was talking about the U.S. team, had a lot of these sort of darting players who are going to make it hard on uh, Canada's D, and there certainly were a few moments where you go, oh, they just might be better than Canada. But Connor Bedard gets on the, boy, on the board, and the boys started rolling pretty good. I think the biggest takeaway would be that Canada versus USA and at any level of hockey is simply the best. There's mm-hmm. just no feeling like wow. you can talk about Sweden. You can talk about Russia. You can talk about any sort of natural rival that they have, but there's nothing that brings out the best in both fan bases, like playing each other. Air and quotes on best. Yes. Yes. Yeah, big time <laughs> air quotes. I went to, I actually went to an establishment last night uh, in the GTA. I won't give to uh, give a free ad, but the best wings in the world, I think outside of Buffalo. Unbelievable. No free ad, huh? Yeah. 
It's an Ajax. Portly Piper. I'll give him a shout-out. My go. wife's favorite spot. So, yeah. anyways, I give him a shout-out. But we went there. The place was ripping. Loud. Everyone was really excited for it. I don't think you get that in any other in yeah. any other no, we love, rivalry. We love international competition. And, yes, uh, U.S., Canada has taken over Canada and Russia mm-hmm. because we've seen them more than anyone else. Yeah. And that uh, includes the women, right? Because that's really that's all the women's had for for really hard competition yeah. is each other. And anything in any sport, your nearest neighbor's your biggest rival. That's just the way it goes. That's, you know, you living in Kelowna, yeah. they're like, oh, you know how they are in Penticton. But <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> 30 I, minutes down the road. It, there, there's something, though, like once you strap on the Canadian flag, we love it. Yeah. And I've always said this. You could, you could paint Canadian American flags on the back of turtles in a race, oh, and man. I think I can get a million people to watch it in Canada. Yep, Canada's minus okay. one ten. That's just the way it is. So betting line, yeah. The heartbreaking thing, though, about watching that last night is how long we've been robbed of that at the highest men's level. Imagine being from the NHL and watching that and be just being like, "Oh man, we should probably and do a best I on know, best before twenty twenty five. I'm not the only person that's probably has this thought or this takeaway today, and probably sure it's a pretty popular one. But it just that thought was just going through my mind saying all these people are here to watch the canadian children go up against the usa children and we are all incredibly fired up about it it's like oh my god this bedard guy might be really good it's like how about we see the guys that are really really good play against each other at this level like i can't even imagine what a usa canada game right now with the players that are available for both sides we're missing some great americans by waiting two more years what would what it would look like at the highest level is unfathomably great to me. And yeah. it's just, it's, we're nowhere, there's not even a conversation about it happening. It's heartbreaking. Just, just one final thought yeah. before we move on. And that is the disallowed goals and how that really struck a nerve with a few people south of the border. I don't yeah. know if you saw Ryan Whitney uh, calling yeah. it one of the biggest disgraces ever. I saw Wyshynski saying that if that happened in reverse, the Can- Canadian people would be calling for a council with the UN. <laughs> A referendum. A referendum. Yeah. It, and here's the thing about the, the goalie interference calls, guys. They were goalie interference by international rules. Yes. That's so, the key. That's right. The, the, the call wasn't wrong. Correct. The rule is. Yeah. Now we're talking. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrible rule. Well, the, the one where he pushes the goalie's pad, that's that, no goal that in should, any league that ever. That, that's ever. NHL. No goal. That's NHL. And Mike Johnson does a terrific job. He's great. He's Worked here at Sportsnet, now is doing the games in TSN. He was leaning towards NHL rules when he spoke. Talk about the head clip the, one. The interference. Yeah. And it is, and that's what the majority of the country or the U.S. have. That's what we know. Th- that's their gauge. Yeah. Is, that's not a goal in the NHL, but we know international hockey is vastly different. Mm-hmm. And you cannot touch a guy. Standing in the crease. In the crease. head. It's and just, listen, I don't think the goalie makes a save in any scenario there if he doesn't touch like, him. It has nothing to I do with the play. So, but I don't. Like, I don't. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Kip. Change the rule. Change okay. The rule. Okay. Like, come on. There, there is. There, there can be some. Goalies are hockey players too. They should have to play their position in <laughs> the hockey said. game. Tell me when they step out of their blue paint and they make contact with a guy in front of the net. Yeah, it's no different. Like if, if coming you, into the players' ice or the players pushing coming into him your off, ice, it's all how kinda... about pushing him off or giving him some taps on the shin pads or perhaps like 
the cup region. Like, let, let there be a little bit of a, of a battle without feeling like yeah. the interference did, was the contact the reason why he didn't stop the puck on the no. first disallowed goal? Absolutely not. No. That was in. A, that was in. No matter what. It's yeah. just a crappy, crappy rule. I don't want. Like I really don't want to live in a world when I'm watching hockey that that where that's not that a goal. doesn't count. Right. Like he got made a great play, got the puck, spun, shot in the net. He happened to hit him with his butt, but I, I mean, the final score is six two. Yeah. You know, it's no not, bearing on it and the final. You but, know. but the thing is, that you know, I know in the in the flow of a game Momentum that makes, that changes, makes it three the game three. That's a completely different kettle of fish. Canada goes down, gets four two one, kind of changes the game a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I uh, Bedard in that game, it just he wasn't even. I wouldn't even say he was that dominant. Like I, I think he was he was noticeable the whole night. But I wouldn't say it was his most dominant performance. He still gets the goal to get them on the board, gets an assist to set up one of them. Love that points. he went right to the paint there too. That's a great sign. And one of the guy, one of the guys I was with last night said it's like. He can get you any way you want, yeah. and it's bang on. Like, he can fire it from the top of the circle. He can deke out your whole team, goes to the front of the net with a stick on the ice, puts one in. Like, it was just a really That's great... a good Canadian hockey goal. I, stick on the ice in the crease. I love the guy so much, man. I just hope he doesn't <laughs> go to the hats. I love him. All right, as we said, in about uh, 11 minutes, Eddie Olchuk will be joining us, and we'll tee up uh, Seattle as well. In about uh, 25 minutes, we're going to have a little bit of, an, of some all-star fun here. The NHL has vastly changed... Mm-hmm. Uh, rules on how they name the NHL All-Stars this year. And you in love it. Miami. You're thrilled. Uh, Can't wait. Let's just wait for that conversation. <laughs> we'll pick who we think that the league picked. Mm-hmm. And if there's any of my sources out there that could tell us who actually got picked, uh, we'll be happy to share it with uh, all the listeners. Yes. I don't, so. thi- I don't think I'll pick Shane Wright in my picks. Um, no, probably not. Hey, uh, should we mention that he is on Team Canada? Do you notice him last night at all? Uh, okay. We're okay. Gonna move on. Yeah, move all right. On, move Sorry. On. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, it's Thursday. Mm-hmm. Both of us have uh, written pieces out there. You're sportsnet.ca. I'm the Toronto Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to talk a little bit about your article, which uh, I found fascinating, to be honest with you. Okay. I did. And it, it uh, it's about Justin Hall and... It really supports uh, a different look at him, which, again, I, I find fascinating. And I'll tell you what I found fasc- the most fascinating thing about your article mm-hmm. is that if you left the name out mm-hmm. and you put in all your, your factual statistics, and right. of course we're talking analytics here. Yeah. I'm listening to you talk about a $6 million defenseman in the National Hockey League. Uh, that's why it's so baffling that people dislike him so much because he doesn't make any money. You know, like he's uh, you can only keep all the highly paid guys when you have guys who outperform their their cap hit, and he does that very well. So tried to tried to make that point because he you don't see what he does well. It's not sexy, but you do see okay. the errors anyway. All right, um, that was, that's all. Which leads me to <laughs> one more question for you. Oh boy, and that is: is your article this week? A prime example of me, maybe a few Leaf fans thinking that uh, he's not as bad as we thought, or is this an example of analytics just playing fool's gold with Justin Hall? Great, great question. You know, this is, uh, you can find a stat 
for pretty much any player that will show they're useful. Like if I wanted to find Dennis Mulgan, I'm sure I could break it down to actually at four on four uh, against, you know, playoff teams. There's a number for everyone if you want to find it. There's just so many numbers for Justin Hall that support his usefulness. So I'm of the belief that the team sees the value they get out of them, but fans don't. And I hope that that's the point of the article to hopefully illuminate what the team sees in them. And yesterday I asked stats aside, do you trust him in the playoffs? And Sammy, I think you answered that. I said, I said, no, I said, <laughs> I think honestly, a lot of what it comes down to is it's hard. Like it's, it's hard to love again. Like it's hard to go into this, what you're going to be doing, and Kipper, you're an excellent article today as well. A bunch of Johnny journalists around here. I've got to start writing articles. We're start wearing press hats yeah. oh and the tags. Maybe that's maybe yeah. it's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I start writing articles, but it just you know you're going into a playoff series against the same team that you that beat you last year. Close, but the, you're gonna are you gonna go into it with the same guys that underperformed last year to cost you said series? Like is that that's the question? Do you have enough faith in those guys that? Every year, it's like... Kip's article today was really great, too, because one of the things he points out is their power play percentage over the last two series, which to me is much more relevant than Justin Hall. Yeah. Justin Hall or team toughness or goaltending. Right. Like, those are the questions that needed answering. So, today I wrote for the Toronto Star, uh, and and really the the big picture of my article today was... uh, Pretty much a lot of similarities to last year where they're going to end up with a very good record and have a ton of strong analytic, you know. Oh, yeah, it looks great. Boxes checked. And they're heading into a collision course. As as Sammy has alluded for a very long time, we're going to watch them maybe play 41 exhibition games here because they're playing Tampa Bay unless you feel like they can still catch Boston. So that was the gist of my article yeah. today. Uh, Boston goes into California this weekend. The Leafs have Detroit and Philadelphia on the road. By Monday, will we have a very good idea if this is a reality that it is possible the Leafs can win the Atlantic still? I don't know. You think Boston's going to go into California and lose a bunch of this, hockey games? This isn't 2014. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you know, Boston's coming out with five or six yeah, points. Yeah, they, they're going to go down there and just beat the brakes off all those California teams probably, just like they've been doing all year. Like, I, I haven't seen one thing from them to say that they're going to take a step back. Like, what part of their game is it that you're concerned about? Where Palmer's do you think it's going to... the best goalie in the world. That's the one that you think is going to flip. Like, what but will how, be... But by how much? That's yeah, exactly right. Well, you're right. right. How big of a drop Is he off? coming back to being the sixth best goalie in the league instead of the first and, best? Like... And, if you were a betting guy, and I think both of you guys are, would you bet on Allmark's game dipping more so than Samsonov and Matt Murray's? No, no, I would not. <laughs> you could talk. You could talk me into. You could talk me into Murray, but not Samsonov. Like I think. I think. I, Allmark, I think it's interesting. You're more on Murray than Samsonov. Yeah, I, there's just a more of a track record, and he's shown me. Yeah, he's just. That's such a relationship, like, wife thing I just did to you. I just think it's interesting well, that, you, that you like him better than the other it's guy. Fine. It's, it's just, fine. It's fine. It's just interesting but to don't me. You I think, think it's funny. Stylistically, to me, I can see Matt Murray being better in a playoff okay. series than Ilya Samsonov. Which yeah. leads me, again, uh, in my article, I, I didn't focus so much on g- trades because we've done that. Right. We've beaten yep. it up. Yep. So what is the focus now on where do you put your energy on in the next 41 games if, in fact, 
you you are married to the fact that you're going to play Tampa Bay here. Yeah. Where's the number one focus? I had it in the conversation you just had seconds ago, establishing one guy. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? But by playing both guys, you know? Can't. Well, then and how do you know who's the guy? You got to give him enough chances to... to you... String games together. That's all. You, if a guy looks well, good for a couple, put him I back in. I disagreed coming out of Colorado with a big win against the Stanley Cup champions, Nate McKinnon back in the lineup, and Matt Murray doesn't get the next start, which isn't a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. That is a lost opportunity for Matt Murray to string together games. And that's got to stop, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, that's you know that's interesting in trying to find one of the guys and give them the chance to get into a rhythm. You know, I think Matt Murray's injury history looms over all this because yesterday on the show we're talking about why not pull Samson off at when it's three, you know, they're down three goals, four goals, whatever. A lot of it is, do you want to put Matt Murray in cold? A lot of this is, you know, coming out of the Christmas break. Do you, you want to play Matt Murray you, when he hasn't practiced? You think, oh. you think you can win rounds and play for a month and a half every other night if you're scared in December with this guy? This is a huge question. And so to your point, maybe find you should out find now. out now. Don't wait. Okay, you win. I like it. Uh, yeah, the flip side of it is if you want him to play every other night in the spring... If, as your starting goalie, maybe you don't need to do it in December when you have all these points accumulated and you're probably going to be playing the team that you know you're going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Right? Yeah. That's the flip side of it. Like, do you really need to push them? Mm-hmm. If they've banked all these points, they're, like I said, probably in the spot they're going to be, maybe drop down, maybe get passed by Tampa. But to me, if you want to establish them, maybe you do it in the playoffs as opposed to right now. Another one that I wrote yep. about, is, good point. And, you, and you touched on it, uh, the power play and locking in and solidify that this thing is dangerous and you know your five guys that you are throwing out there and you have some idea of, of, of the different looks that they were able to pull off. Right now, yeah. it's, it's, it's a crapshoot. All over the map. So two years ago, the Leafs, I think they're second in the NHL in power play percentage, maybe 30%. Like, they're really, really good. Last year, I think they were 25, 20, like it was good again. But top 10. cratered at the most important time. So in the 14 games of the of the first, last two first rounds, you had their percentage at what? Do you remember what it was? 14.9. 14 to 16, I think. Yeah, four, I think it was 14.9 was the number. So less than 15%, which you noted was worse than the worst team in the NHL. Right now, which is, I think Montreal is like a 15% power play or something like that. And then the conversation goes to why. Why? So after the first year, the thought was predictability. Matthews is on the flank. It always looks the same. They know which shot to take away. But the next year, I think they mixed it up. They didn't have the same looks and they still couldn't produce. And then you watch Tampa Bay go out there, talk about predictability. Victor Hedman at the top. He worked it to Kucherov who shoots one in the net. You know, he does that fake half-slapper pass thing. Like, they're predictable in their unpredictability. Toronto hasn't found an answer. They haven't found something consistent yet. They're searching still. Even though they're scoring at a high rate because they have a lot of talented players, they haven't found it yet. Well, it kind of goes down to the whole conversation about this core and the big games that they've played in. Like, that goes down to the power play, right? Like, they've gone through a lot of these games where they haven't scored. Look at the series against... Um, the first one against Tampa where they cooled off last year, or sorry, the one before against Montreal where they cooled off in the big games, and then last year against Tampa. It's 
Yeah. Not, I'm not saying, but I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? One more on Personal. the power play. Yes. I'm giving you three choices. <laughs> Morgan Riley? Yeah. Sandine? Mm-hmm. Or other? So it's Morgan Riley for me uh, in, in thinking about it a little bit. You know, a lot of experience up there. Trust him to break it out. Break, you know, I just feel safer, and maybe safe is not the answer, but Rasmus Sandin, God, they put Rasmus Sandin on the power play two years ago for Riley in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And, and this I season hated he didn't it. seem to claim it. I hated it. Yeah. I just think it's like... A, I liked it at the time. Uh, 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 it's a Hail Mary. I wish we were doing the show together then. Yeah. Because <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, a Hail work. Mary, uh, a last-ditch effort. I'm out of ideas. I'm out of chances. Uh, right? It is a, putting, a, a criticism of mine is Keith is too quick to, in playoffs, put, panic and change. And, all I saw was a, a guy that was put in a position not to succeed mm-hmm. in that scenario. For Sandine. Yeah. So well, this year though he he didn't yeah. claim the spot by any but, means. Like if if it's Morgan for you, and I'd say right now it's Morgan for me until some somebody else pops up. It has to be Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. But the beauty is, is use the back half of the season now to to take whatever flaws that you see out of him or the power play as a five, yeah, guy, uh, guy unit, and. And just you got you got three months to shape it. You got three three, break it down and build it back up. You've got the time. Yeah, you know what kills me about the this is my own little like internal beef for my time there is Sheldon Keefe had AJ McLean in the minors. You know Paul McLean's son running the power play. Yeah. Their power play is always humming, always so good. This year again, doing great. Um, you know they brought up everyone in every position, and that that was kind of Keefe's right hand man. AJ's been in the minors for like, I don't know, seven, eight years now, and their power play still can't get done in the postseason. That one kills me and surprises me that they haven't brought him along. Anyway. Okay, let's welcome in Eddie Olchuk. Uh, Eddie, busiest man in hockey, no question. Uh, thanks for making time. How are you, pal? Hey, Kipper, Justin, nice to be with you guys. Hope you had a great uh, holiday and happy new year, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. I, I got to ask the question because I've been out of the loop here the last, uh, I don't know, couple of days um i just watched the last three and a half minutes of the bucks raptors game <laughs> okay yeah can you just tell me i'm watching it right now and it's tied going into overtime like i can't like i can't believe what the hell i just saw i mean how would you compare justin you're the numbers guy around here what would you compare that in a hockey game like what would like what what's the score with Five minutes left to go in the game. <laughs> is it coming back from three goals? Is that reasonable? I think no way. More? No way. Really? Seven? I, I thought. I, I thought. I thought at least five. Really? Five. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. They, right, they could make a shot, let's, eh? Let's, let's, split the, let's, let's split the difference. We'll say four, but oh, oh my okay. gosh. I, unbelievable. So That's it's hilarious. good to be with you, boys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No defense anymore. Who cares about defense? It's all an all-star game. Right? Remember exactly. us? Remember how petrified we were to come back minus one? Now it's yeah. like, yeah, big deal. I'll might get it today, well just, tomorrow. Might as well just open up open up the Zamboni door and just skate right in the <laughs> and take your crap off. It's about the end of it. So, so um, all good. 
the gig's going well. Apparently, the only thing missing from Seattle's game last year was you calling the games because yeah, it's yeah, made right. all the yeah, difference no. in the world. How, yeah. you know, we, we, we've seen a few names for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah. change the look and the feel of, of this roster, but uh, there yeah. has to be more than just a couple of uh, individual performances so far. What is what is the number one thing that you've seen out of Seattle that's holding themselves uh, as a legit playoff team? Yeah, well, I mean, I, tip, I think there's, there's a lot to it, but I think that the one thing is, you know, they, they have the puck uh, and they have guys that can make plays and not just you know shovel it zone to zone and and put themselves in a in a spot where they're always chasing all the time so when you look at the upgrades by ronnie francis uh the general manager of the kraken uh bringing in a guy like burakovsky bringing in bjorkstrand bringing in a guy like justin schultz there is something for guys that have been around the block a few times and then you got kind of you know you, you got schwartz healthy which they missed the majority of the year last year. And you had Matty Beneers for only 10 games at the end of the regular season last year. So when I name all of those guys, you've got Schultz's in the, in the top five as far as on the back end. And then the other forwards I mentioned, those five guys are playing in your top nine. And Tanev is probably, you know, a back and forth between nine and 10 or whatever. So, They've really upgraded and gotten healthy and they have the puck way more. And when they, like, they really can scoot, like they can really check and they can really skate and their defense has been relatively healthy. So there's just been just a lot of good things. It's just, honestly, it's just not one or two. I mean, their power play carried them early and then their power play went dry for a long period of time. Their penalty kill got off to a really tough start. Uh, and, you know, it's pretty much been, you know, a struggle all year long. But I think they went one first year. They were three for four the other night, I think, in Edmonton. And, you know, look, if you if you can keep the Oilers to only one goal in a game, you probably got a hell of a chance to win because they're clipping at, what, 32 33%. So I know there's a lot there. But they just have the puck way more. They can skate. And uh, there's a great there, – there is an unbelievable confidence amongst this team here. And look, last year they had 60 points in 82 games and they've only played 36 to this point and they've got 44 already. So they are going to be playing meaningful games come, uh, you know, trade deadline and then into March. And I would anticipate in April as well. You know, people probably assume it's a lazy comparable to look at Vegas, but I do see yeah. something similar with the bottom of the roster and that everyone is a player. Like, it's almost like they have, you know, past the top guys, the, sure. you know, the, the third and fourth line are kind of second, third lines, you know, a lot of depth there for this team. Um, has, you know, Eli Tolvanen hasn't been there long. Has he looked right. so far as he looked like someone that can give them uh, plus minutes? Yeah, I mean, only, you know, only a couple of games, but, you know, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, I mean, he really never got a sniff, Justin, and, uh, you know, in Nashville and really kind of play in a a top role. Like, he hasn't, you know, at least to this point, I mean, he's only played a couple of games. So, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not slotted in the top two lines offensively and yeah. playing with their more skilled guys, but, you know, he's getting some power play and, you know, he could really drift the puck. But I think to your point, and it's, uh, I think it's an outstanding one, is that, 
they've got some guys there that can go up and down and can play in a third or fourth line role and, and give them what they need and they can chip in and off and chip in offensively and find a way to finish and, and, and find a way to contribute. So um, it's been uh, you know it, it's been a it's been an interesting dynamic. But also, uh, like I said, there just there's there's a there's a feel and a confidence and a swagger that, you know, look at. I mean, they're I think they're plus six and in, in, uh, on the road this year. You know, it's not easy to play in the league, let alone play on the road. And they've gone in some buildings and and when they're playing well, their game is 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 north south. Like it's not an east-west type of game. When they start getting into east-west, that's when they start giving up four, five, six, seven goals. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. So they got some role players in the, you know, on the bottom six, so to speak, that have uh, really gotten off to terrific starts. And, and, and when guys have struggled, and some of the bigger guys, the depth guys have stepped up, and, and that's a sign of a team that uh, I think really gets it and, and understands, uh, you know, how important depth is on a, on a club on a nightly basis. We're talking to Ed Olchuk, uh, who calls the games for the Seattle Kraken. Kipper, Kipper, you've never called me Ed in your life. I know. What, what are you doing here? What, 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 did you, did you Edward Olchuk joining this us is now. My, um, this is my poor attempt at being a professional host. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Edzo. <laughs> just, just be a host. Don't try the professional part. Thank you. Leave that to the, pro- leave that to the professional. Okay, <laughs> I'll leave this answer to a professional. <laughs> analyst <laughs> and that's you so yeah. we're, we're watching um interesting times to be a goaltender here and mm-hmm. we're watching some amazing uh performances in the first half all marks the one that stands out yeah. the most for us for obvious reasons the best news for boston is that this guy isn't like a pending free agent you can only imagine how difficult it would be to say okay what would Allmark's next contract be they got him two more years I think for five million bucks thank goodness but then you got your Seattle Kraken that you've been watching and covering and it's not Philip Grubauer who they paid an exorbitant amount of money to leave Colorado it's Martin Jones who's played 80 percent or has won 80 percent of 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 of, uh, 16 to 20 here so like what is going on with goaltenders in general, and will ever will anyone ever pay a, a goaltender big bucks ever again? Well, to answer your question, uh, yes, um, I don't think there's any doubt that you know teams are going to look and, and see what kind of, what you know what guys are viable and, and doable, and to be able to fit in within the you know the structure of their budget or, or what have you. But you guys know this. I mean, it don't matter if you get it doesn't matter what the salary is. and If you get goaltending, you got a shot to win every night. Do you need two goaltenders? I believe we are in a time where I think you do need two. And whether it's, you know, you're talking about Allmark or you're talking about the situation in Seattle or, you know, I mean, how much, like, honestly, like how much talk has there been about how much, uh, how much powder is in the blue paint down in Florida with the Panthers? I mean, think about those two contracts. That's crazy that they got down there. Right. So look at, I mean, some nights, you know, like you're going to need your, you know, your guy to be the guy. Like there are very few, there are very, very few uh, Vasilevskis. There are very, very few Hellebucks as far as I'm concerned. Like as far as 
what I see on a nightly basis, and some guys are going to be able to, you know, uh, going to play the 60 games or, uh, you know, play 55. But if it ends up being a, you know, a 50-32 a, a or, you know, 45-37, whatever the number is, you got to get it. So, you know, Kipper, look, yeah, you like to get, you know, you, you love to be in that situation where you got to, when you go to the National Football League where you have a, you know, a, a guy that comes in and, and he's under the, you know, the the rookie um, contractual status, right? He's in his first contract and you don't have to worry about going from, you know, paying him three, four, five million dollars to all of a sudden paying him 25 or 30. Like, yeah, you'd like to find a couple of guys that are making three schmill each and, and then you can allocate to other positions. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you just—it's a feel, and, and you got to think a guy's going to be able to come in. But you know, when you start spending to, you know, in totality, when you start putting you know eight, ten, twelve million dollars into two guys, um, you know that makes life really difficult. But um, you know, you mentioned Allmark. I was at the Winter Classic the other day, and he he gave them a chance to win. Like he really did. Uh, I mean, the Penguins—they were the better team early. Um, and Allmark was able to give his team an opportunity to get it done. And look, you see what's going on in Edmonton, right? I mean, you got Campbell going there, and Skinner gets the opportunity, and they give him an extension. So, hey, you know what? Just whoever's whoever's playing, you got to put the guy in net. Doesn't matter if he's making five or, or five hundred. And so, spending more time watching the. Uh, Pacific Division this year. There's some teams I think that have disappointed a little bit in terms of their expectations, you know, which opened the door up for Seattle. Still, sure. though, it has to be a little uncomfortable with Calgary and Edmonton nipping at their heels there, the two teams that had high expectations. How do you think those teams stack up against the Kraken? Well, I mean, I, I, I could see... I mean, I, I think it's a competitive matchup with, with both of those teams you mentioned, Justin. I like, I, I think everybody's waiting for both those teams, being Calgary and Edmonton, to go on a heater. Like, I think everybody's waiting for that. Yeah. Everybody's expecting that. But at some, t- at some point, aren't you what you are when you play 38, 39, 40 games? Um, so I I don't, you know, look at I, I don't think, as you mentioned Seattle, I, I don't think they look at that and go, wow, you know, like these two teams are, are way better than us or, you know, they're – Look at for the majority of this year, Edmonton and Calgary have been looking up at the Seattle Kraken, and they got a bunch of games in there. I don't think there's a team in the West that has played fewer games than the Seattle Kraken. I mean, LA's already played 41 games, and Seattle's got five games in hand on them. And I know you got to win them, and you got to play your games. And if you play, you win. Okay, you get your two points. But um, I, I look at I've seen Edmonton a lot. We've done a lot of their games down in the states on on TNT, and you know I saw them play in a game in Dallas. Uh, I think it was right before the Christmas break. I can't remember, but um, it was their dad's trip, and they went into Dallas there, and I mean they checked. I mean they checked the hell out of them. I mean they played really well. Jay Woodcroft changed the lines up a little bit. He split up McDavid and Drysidle, and. Um, like they played an unbelievable road game and they gutted it out late and um, you know then watch them play at home here recently and for eight ten twelve minutes they look like you know they could do that again and then they just they can't defend or they're not going to get a save so I, I think there's a lot of you know unpredictability especially in 
in Edmonton, and I've only seen Calgary a couple of times. And you know, I thought Calgary would, you know, obviously with the major changes that they made, you know, over the course of the summer. Um, but it just, you know, they just haven't been able to really go on one of those monster runs here. I think that everybody thought about, especially with a guy like Markstrom in goal. And I don't know what you guys think of him, but man, I thought it was an unbelievable signing for the Calgary Flames. Uh, when they got Markstrom, because I always have thought of him as a you know a top three, a top five goaltender in the entire National Hockey League. So Seattle's right there with him. I you know like I at least right now I you know if you're the Seattle Kraken and you're the organization and the players, you know I mean you're not you're not afraid of anybody, but you know I think the divisions the divisions there and they've proven that they can go into buildings and play and get points and. Uh, you know, when when the games really become magnified, uh, we'll see how it all washes out come, you know, the trade deadline and on. Okay, let's assume for one second here, Seattle gets in. I think we're all comfortable to say that we think Colorado's still getting in. Yep. And so based on what you've seen in the first half, and if you believe uh, it is what it is after this many amount of games, who's out, Edmonton, Calgary, or St. Louis? I mean, St. Louis would be would be the team because it, it just. I mean, obviously they got the big injuries right now. Obviously, you know, O'Reilly and, and, and Tarasenko, I believe, but they just haven't been able to really. Sh- I mean, I get you know what? I guess I shouldn't say that. I, I think I lump them in more so with Edmonton and Calgary than I would with you know with Seattle. I just don't see the consistency the consistency there with St. Louis and, you know, you know, it's a great question, but I would probably, when you posed the question, I wasn't sure where you were going Kipper. And then when you brought in St. Louis into the picture, I thought, well, wow, you know, and look at, they've dug themselves, you know, they've dug themselves a massive hole here. I mean, they really have. And um, you're right. Is is Colorado going to get healthy enough to be able to, get back and you know i'm sure every team in the western conference is looking going all great you know they're gonna end up as a wild card or a, you know and, and thanks for coming you know and like it's it's one of those welcome to the playoffs and and here you got uh you know mccarr mckinnon ranton and landis gog and go on and on and on so uh right now i'd probably be leaning more towards st louis on the outside looking in but I would I would more put them in the team picture with Edmonton and uh, in Calgary than I would with Seattle. Edzo, have a great call tonight, man. Always a pleasure having you on our show. Hey, anytime, you guys. Have a great night. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks so much, Eddie Olchuk. All right, you got a few minutes here. You uh, you want to go to a Sheldon Keefe uh, clip on Seattle? Sure. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. They score. They score a lot. Honestly, they're. You know, I know over here in the East, we wouldn't maybe be, would be paying all that much attention. But, uh, you know, number one team in the NHL with 505 goals. It's coming from all four lines and their defense. So, uh, yeah, great depth that can make you pay when you make mistakes. They come in waves. There's lots of quickness and skill, uh, and they play very well as a team. So, um, you know, there's significant challenges there at 515. You know, uh, special teams haven't gone as well for them, and that's an area we need to we need to be better than we were the other night, and try to get an edge there. Um, you know, but that's a team. Uh, you know, we've 
statistically look at them, look at them on video. You have lots of respect for them. You have lots of respect for the coaching staff. Uh, but our focus will be on our game and, and how we can play. 16 players with 10 or more points in that roster. Interesting. How many they, do the Leafs have? Uh, I know they're the not that. They wouldn't be that far. Maybe a dozen. The That's Seattle Kraken. Right. You're correct. 12. Oh, wow. Baker's dozen or dozen? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. The Kraken have led the NHL in goals for at five on five. That's interesting. I mean, would not have expected that little nugget. I love how Keith completely called us out and nailed it. He's like, a lot of people over here in the East would know that they lead. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you know why? <laughs> you're right. Because who's watching them? No. Yeah, it's that's not something I would have known. They're fifth in the NHL in goals for, presumably because their power play is not very good. But yeah, interesting. And, and looking for uh, a good response off of that St. Louis game for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, well, and you know what? We've talked about how they've been a little bit more stout defensively. They've given up, as I said yesterday, 21 goals in the last four games. Five games, sorry. So there's work to be done here. They need to to tighten back up and find a way through. And Obviously scored enough last game. Would you like to play the clip of Sheldon Keep seriously, talking about the decor? Do we not need because, to go to break? No. We, okay. we don't have, we don't have a guest on the other side. It's perfect. we got All lots right, of time. Go. Let's stretch, right. our, stretch our feet here. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We're, we're, we're talking about it. You know, obviously, this is the group we're going with again here tonight, and you know, this is the group we believe in. It's a group that we, you know, by and large, started the season with. Um, so, you know, we're going to uh, to give this some time. You know, and give time for for things to settle back in here now with Sandine and, and Riley coming back, and you know, Brody. You know, not too long ago, you know, wasn't wasn't a, a, an option for us, so. Just kind of getting back to it here. We, we like a lot of things that Timmons has done, and Ben, and Ben, in time he's come in, has done a good job for us too. So we're well aware of that. We do have some back-to-backs approaching. Um, but that said, it, I think it's also important that we give our group some time to, you know, I used the term recalibrate the other night, and I think that is important, both in terms of the pairings and how that goes and the individual players that are coming back in to find their rhythm. So, you know, we don't want to let guys uh, sit for too long. At the same time, I do think it's important to allow our guys some time to really get their game going. The more I hear Sheldon Keefe, the more I feel like the organization loves a lot of their players. Mm -hmm. And the less I think that something major could happen. Oh, really? Yeah. Or else they're really keeping their cards very close because... And I can only go by my experience, and we had a pretty good one in 1994. Yep. And Mike Keenan would tell anybody who was willing to listen how much he hated his roster that was leading the league in regular season. <laughs> Sounds like a great guy. And, and can't, win. Can't, win. can't win. Can't win with uh, Tony Amonti. Can't yeah. win with uh, Mike Gardner. Can't win with blah, blah, can't blah. Not play with him. Can't not win with him. <laughs> Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Well, I don't know how public. I want winners. <laughs> I don't think Keno is that public. What was that from again? Um, Mike Herm Singletary. Ed- oh, yeah, no, yeah. I was going to say Herm Edwards. Yeah. Herm Edwards is, you play to win the game. Yeah. Hello. Like, yeah, it doesn't, like, they just got uh, uh, Hunt, of course. And you hear from Sheldon, it's like, well, we're going to, we, we, going to give this time. It, it's not like they're going to shop for another guy. You don't right. get that sense that they're going to go shop anytime soon 
for another guy. No, in listening to Sheldon, he's talking about their D pairs tonight. Uh, Riley Brody, Giordano Hall, Sandine Lilligren as game one of the playoffs. Game one against Tampa Bay Lightning. This is as it's constructed. So before that, the show. Dubas's loyalty concerns me. Yes, okay. it should. Um, before the show, I had a note I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't think we've talked about it on the show in quite a while. I was thinking, is this going to be game one, game one? All of a sudden, it occurred to me, you know, Jake Muzzin's probably healthy by then. Jake Muzzin's done. You don't think there's a chance Jake Muzzin wants to come back and no. play? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. And that's that's just, great. I'm, that's I'm happy just to me. hear that. Yeah. Agree. That's just me. That's not a definitive source. Nope. That's not me reporting anything. I, feel I don't think he should. Like he is done. I don't think he should play. That's I'm 100% on your page there. I know that these guys are competitive and they want to play. And you see guys coming back. Who was the guy in, uh, in Colorado who's wearing a pink visor because the lights hurt his eyes? Um, anyway, whoever it was, stop. Stop. Your brain does not want you to play at that point. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe Muzzin shouldn't play. But I don't yeah. think it's past him to think he would want to. Well, if, if, if that's the case, then you, just, you take the summer and Matt Calvert's the name, right? Yeah. I, for me, it's if if he has any inkling of playing again, yeah, resuming his career, it has to start next September. I agree with you. That was the SN gotta ask, yeah, portion of the show. Whoa, do you remember that? I do, I do. I do. do you remember how that originated? No. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. Um, Is that like a burning question or something? You know what? I honestly, I think it came from someone who worked yeah. here. It was like, "Is Jose Batista on steroids?" And everyone was like, "What?" <laughs> no, that's a burning question. <laughs> and he was like, "I gotta ask." Just right? asking. Like it, it's <laughs> that's a hot. It's one. so bad when you're like teeing up something as the burning question, and it's like, uh, you know, well, what's his favorite color? I know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, do, do you want to be the guy to say who in the NHL you <laughs> no, think is on no, steroids? No, no. On the other side of the break, <laughs> I have a burning question. Who is the Toronto Maple Leafs all-star this season? Oh, okay. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come alert. back <laughs> with that conversation. Uh, the NHL set to announce at least one player from each team tonight. I think ESPN's doing it uh, in their Washington-Columbus game. The twist now is that uh, the league only names one player. Per team. So and that means the remaining divisions will be rounded out. Selected by Johnny Bunch and numbers on Twitter. the internet. <laughs> by the internet. Do we think we like this idea? John Scott, anybody? Or Does, don't? The same people who named that boat Bodie McBoatface <laughs> and elected John Scott to the All-Star okay. Game are going you to be selected. You are not going to want to miss this conversation uh, when we come back from break here on the NHL All-Star Game. And can we still call them all-stars if they are voted in by the fans? Good question. Real Kipper and Bourne back after this. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. We'll also uh, catch up to PJ Stock in the second hour, and we're going to track down Eric Lindros. Talk about Connor Bedard and the hype. Yes. I mean, who could relate? Certainly not me. I was not good. Okay, before the break, we touched on uh, National Hockey League set to announce uh, at least uh, the league picks, 32 of them, Mm -hmm. one from each team for the NHL All-Star game. That goes, I guess, uh, early February? Sure. Uh, Sure. 
<laughs> you know, in, in Miami, we we agree on our All Star Game feelings. In but Miami. We are going to talk about it. Yes, in Miami, so people so will go. When when you do hear that the league and uh, Emily Kaplan uh, wrote an article for ESPN that uh, goes into great detail about the uh, the NHL wanting more fan influence. Uh, NHL chief officer is Heidi Browning. She's behind all of this. So this is really, I think, uh, this is Heidi now saying, you want it, you got it. As many as three votes will go to each division. Yep. Two skaters and a goalie that the fans pick. Before, Uh we've heard of voting for captains and maybe a starting lineup. But this is next-level stuff here because we are talking about uh, a, a strong portion of what we'll watch in Miami will come from a popularity contest. Yeah. Well, I think we have to start at the start, which is to acknowledge that the All-Star Game is not for you and me. It's not for diehard fans. It's not for us. It's not for Sam McKee. It's for... Although I do, I, do, I do like the skills comp. All right. It's for kids. It's for potential fans. It's for sort of fans who want to be entertained. You know, an all-star nomination used to be something that you would... Used to help you get into the Hall of Fame or people to consider your career credentials. It was meaningful. That's not a thing anymore. Okay. If it's not a thing any, anymore, can we please not call them all-stars anymore? Because when I hear all-stars... I think of great players. Yeah. Like he's an all-star, great player. The first beef that, is probably having to have a guy off just, every team. Can, That's can my we, first beef. Can we just change it to show NHL's show, weekend showcase? Because that's what it is. It's a showcase. Yes. It's for your sponsors. It's for some people that want to mingle and uh, rub elbows with some of the players, either at uh, a fan fest or in uh, the hotel lobby, get pictures. And it's a fantastic weekend for people that love that. Yeah. But to start calling as many as three guys from a division who got voted in by the internet all-stars. I love the disdain in your voice when you say that's, internet. Can I? <laughs> that's, that's, that's not right. Can yeah. I start the, we're going to get this because, I mean, John Scott got in last time because of this. Let's start with Pontus Holmberg for this show. <laughs> Let's get Pontus Holmberg. Push for Pontus. The push get, for yeah. Pontus. Get Pontus in the All Star Game so that Kipper can be happy about the fan vote. <laughs> but thoughts? I am curious to see if fans do try to have a push for a certain yeah. guy. Hashtag yeah. push for Pontus. It works you know, so well. The, the one thing, like it, it's interesting. Uh, New York City would be one of the biggest markets in the NHL. Yeah, it's hard uh, over the years for the Rangers to get people to have put in those votes. They're just not interested. You got other stuff going on? Uh, it just is it's never... Uh, the one thing that uh, I, I heard from the Rangers was that it's just... It's, it's not something that's important to them or they really care about. So does that leave... That leaves other markets there in a position to put more votes in no. for other players. I does mean, it it's not? New York City. Even if more people find it less inspiring. There's just such a vast volume of people. No, Surely no, the, they, they can they, outvote. No, the, vo- the volume wasn't there. I'm How about from you. Toronto? 
I, I don't know. I yeah. only know that someone said that uh, it it didn't resonate with our fan base. Like, surely you can talk everyone in Columbus to voting for whoever you like on your team. You can get everyone. Yeah. But still, if 10% of people, yeah. if the Toronto fan base is interested in doing yeah. this, it should still. And when we talk about in, uh, traditional skills competitions like hardest shot, um, you know, even the skate, uh, the lap around it, mm. I, I'll watch. I, I love that oh, yeah. stuff. Me too. Yeah. Can be honest. I just wish to just, just play a hockey game again, not a three on. I'm three. a nostalgic NHL All Star game where it's five on five. It's sixty minutes, and the coaches, or you know, some people with g- good reputations for picking teams, do this. Yeah. One year, one year, can we have like a, a five on five? I actually like the idea of a throwback using like the jerseys that uh, <laughs> a throwback, a throwback to five on real five. hockey games. No, yeah. like Owen Nolan, the year he scored four, was it four? He got the one year with the point. With the point, like I love that. So wear those jerseys, play a hockey game. So, uh, Sammy, you yes. also love the Zegras coming out blindfolded love and doing that. all that. Love that because yeah. that's really, I think, I'm with. I know how you feel about that. It's not that I, 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 I hate it. It's not that hate I that. hate it. It's not. Oh, I love I, that. I hate watching it. You know what? I, th- I find it cringy. Like, I just, like, I don't know. I, I just don't have any We can't have it. a dunk contest in our game. It's not the same. We can't pretend yeah, it is. I, we're, I, not, we're trying to be the NBA. It does. Uh, I, it's nothing to me now. It's like I don't have any emotion when I watch it, but I know the kids must dead love inside. it. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> all, I'm all, I'm all star dead. Yeah. I'm I just all like, star dead. I think it's. Maybe that's what it is that I like that they're, you know, trying to appeal to that side of, I, yeah. I guess, for children, like the all-star game is. But I'm with you guys. Like, I love the fastest skater around the ice. Yeah. I love go shoot it as hard as you shot, can. The four targets. The skill stuff. Let's the four go. targets, the, the saucer passes into little nets. Love that. What? No what? one on earth likes that. What? That's, that's the worst event Passing is the best part of the game. That's the most exciting part I, of the game is passing. Yeah. I like sure. the passing. As a skills contest, you won't find anyone who thought that was fun but you. Really? Watching Henrik Sedin and so- whoever was trying to oh, sauce a high it saucer. In. Oh, nothing gets me going like well, a high okay, saucer. Okay, but that's not what the contest is. Uh, okay. Anyways, just the the thing that you worry about is that it just gets to become a clown show a little bit. You know, as the players. Start well, didn't the NFL just say we can't do more, it if no one cares? Like right? the players don't care. Is that the uh, the pro the, the Pro Bowl? The, the we pro can't bowl. make the guys care. We're just going to have a have the skills contest, have a drinking contest. I don't know what you do with the players. You just okay. Tough to get them to care for a game. Oh, right. anyway, but in, who's going? In saying that, yes. I got to ask Sammy. Will Willie Nylander, the Toronto Maple Leafs, be pissed off when Mitch Marner gets named tonight? <laughs> yes. I think the least pick if they're picking one guy from the least here, the All Star should be Willie Nylander. Marner's going to get anyway with his fan vote. They're all going to be Toronto guys, the fan vote, so he's going to get in. Matthew's going to go Hart Trophy to not on the All Star team. The, He'll the get, play- he should get voted in, but there's a chance that he's not there. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with expectations versus performance with this stuff, with awards, with getting voted in for All Star. Relative was- to their career expectations. William Nylander is having by far the best year on the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's not right. I, you don't think that's right? Well, statistically. But he's leading the team in scoring. Goals and scoring. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's who's significant. Who's more important? Well, yeah. I mean, but that's not what I'm talking about here, Kipper. Who's, I'm saying, who's been their most valuable player this year? Sammy's point was versus expectations. Versus expectations though. is which a lot of people okay. get in on. I just think that there's a world which William Nylander is the least all-star. 
but Kipper seems to know that it's not going to be. <laughs> the fascinating part of this is that the NHL with doing this wants the people at the game that the fans want at the game. You know, they don't want yeah. it to be representative of who the best players yeah. in the league are. They I already know. don't. Willie Styles would be pretty good in Miami. All three of these guys, those guys are going. I think you can pretty much book it. But to me that they want a player from every team. I don't know. If, can you have three? Oh, I don't know. If you get three from the division, then certainly can have three yeah, Leafs. I, 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 but, you need a lot of votes, I guess. But. You know, like we're going to pick someone from Philly. You know, like we, we need Connect Need to go or Carter Hart yeah. or whoever you think it is. Do we need that instead no, of? No, we don't, but uh, that's a mandate. <laughs> Just a mandate. <laughs> it is a mandate, but I hate that mandate. Arizona has to have an all-star. Who's the best player in Arizona? Nick uh, Clayton. Oh. Clayton Keller. I would imagine. And was he a point per game guy? I don't even know. No, it's Nick Ritchie. He's your Stop. Uh, <laughs> Nick Ritchie nonsense. The best player, Clayton Keller, has 36 points in 36 games. Yep. Okay. So there you go. Who doesn't? Uh, you want to go across the country? I do. All right. Uh, where do you want to start? Let's Vancouver? Let's, let's, oh, let's just do the start Eastern Vancouver. teams. Let's, let's just do the... Okay. Oh, you want to do Canadian teams? I don't know. I was going to go Canadians. Uh, Canadian I only... Teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, JT Miller? <laughs> okay, Bo Horvath's third in the league in goals. Bo's going. Yep. Bo but knows. Bo's a lock. Uh, I'll I'm take look, uh, look at the standings. Oh, yeah. Do you, hold, hold on, hold on. Do you know who's getting named? I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> I'm just telling you <laughs> so you're t- who guy- I'm picking. Okay. But if it comes out at whatever time they come out, you have them all right. I'm going to be coming in. Well, you're not. Anyways, continue. Don't worry, I don't know anyone. Pedersen has 44 points yes. to Horvat's 42. Yes. Bo Horvat's got 11 more goals. He's the captain. It's Bo. Okay. I'll say Bo, too. All right, this is a tough one. Uh, who's Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Campbell? Tyson <laughs> Berry. <laughs> All, right. All right. Connor's in. Yep. Connor's in. Uh, Winnipeg. Um, is it Connor? Who's, who's Norrissey. Oh, Norrissey, yeah. Yeah, Morrissey. Yeah. That's simple. That is simple, actually. He's got a bajillion it's, points. It's, oh, well, Hellebuck. If you got to send goalies, right? Hellebuck's uh, a top goalie in the league, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Morrissey. But then you have Ottinger in that division. It is, uh, with, it is pretty remarkable that this guy's been around, but you've never, ever thought that this guy would get himself into the, those type of conversations yeah, no, it, like, it is, is remarkable. Is, You're is right. Is he not like a a Morgan Riley type of guy? Like, is he? Does he not? Right. Do and you it, not think that there's they were similar up until very much so? Uh, Morrissey took off to another level. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Morrissey uh, has 43 points in 38 games from the yeah. back end. Connor's 44 points playing up front. Obviously, Pierre Luc Dubois having a good year too. Okay, uh, Calgary. Calgary. That's an easy one. You got uh, Stanley Cup champion, Nas Kadri. Really? He's not that, having a very good year in terms of his points, right? That's a tough team for me to find someone who you're like. Like Lindholm's probably leading their team in points. He is by a few, not a ton of scoring. Kadri's like at 30 points in 39 games. You know, he has the physical edge and all that. How about Rasmus Anderson on the back end? I think that's my vote for them. It's not Huber, though. It ain't Hubie Dooby Doo who's got 25 no. points in 36 I'm, games. I'm going Lindholm. 
See, okay. this is the problem with the All-Star game right now, having to have one player from every team. They yes. just don't have an All-Star. They don't. So, yeah. thanks. Where are we? <laughs> Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa. Kachuk. Yeah, Kachuk. Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. Yep. For Drew, sure. Drew's been you good. He's a point per too. game. You got to remember, too, it's like... Who the fans want there matters. Exactly. And yeah. who the league thinks it is the next uh, face of pe- of your different organizations. And there's... Claude Drew's a big face. Yeah, but his time's gone. They got to promote the yeah. young next face. Okay. That's Brady Kachuk. No questions asked. Leafs, it is really what, remains what about to be the Habs? seen. It's got to be Marner uh, from the Leafs. Yeah, Habs, that's Marner. Nick Suzuki's yeah, I guess. the guy. Yeah. He's an excellent Without a player. doubt. They suck so bad now. They're just really not very good. No. I'm st- it's the power play too, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, they're 15% or something like that. I mean, I know they suck, but they got some guys that can shoot the puck a Yeah, you would thing. think between yeah. Suzuki and Caulfield, they'd get it into the back of the net enough. I had a, and I wrote this in uh, today in, in my article for the Toronto Star that you can find on at uh, Real Kipper on, on Twitter. Uh, an executive asked me, Matheson for Tyson Berry. Yeah, they're, they're, so. They're in the five, Oilers four, get five. a little bit heavier. Yeah, just a left-handed shot, too, yeah. to maybe play with uh, Bouchard. Just someone to defend a bit more. And Tyson Berry can help with the power play and a right-handed shot. I just, play. if I'm Montreal, like what, you know, Barry was a do you got to make, you got you to gotta keep players like Suzuki and Cole Caulfield interested in playing 41 games still. I guess if I can trade Matheson for a fourth-round pick, or for a guy who keeps my guys interested this year, I'll take the player down the road, you know, rather than my interested guys. But I see it. I see what it would do for both teams. Uh, Boston, not really hard. The pass man's 50 points. No. What about Omark? Oh, yeah. There he is right there. Yeah, you don't Omar. go 21-1-1 one and, one no, and you're right. be named you're to right. the All-Star game. Well, what's Pasternak in league scoring? I really hope he goes there and then, like, it's that stupid three-on-three, no one plays defense, and, like, 25 pucks so go by him. Just pulls his, uh, or, no, grind. just completely breaks his confidence. He can't make a save again. That's <laughs> what like I'm hoping for. like going in the home run derby That's what I'm just really losing your swing. For. Yeah, he gets all those stupid three-on-threes. We don't even have to ask. Mm. Which Buffalo Saber? You can bomb oh, through the top three, the top ten in scoring, and be like, okay, Tage for Buffalo, Robertson for Dallas, Kucherov for Tampa, Carlson for San Jose. Hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, uh, Carlson for San Jose. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Here. You know, like the, you're not going to be a top ten scorer and not go. But there has to be goalies. What about Ottinger for Dallas? No. no. Well, he, he's been having he's a good year. I, uh, what, div- what division is that? Central. Central. With Winnipeg and uh, Colorado, Nashville. Yeah. I got to think what other goalies would be in the Central. I guess UC Soros, but he's not having a very good year. He's not having a good year, no. Minnesota's got who? Flurry. Yeah. Colorado's. Oh, is uh, Colorado getting any help from? No. (laughs) Okay. I know from I th- Bennington. I bet you it's bet you Ottinger. Oh, uh, Vegmelka could go. Vegmelka might go over Keller. But Robertson will get named tonight. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The question it mark. It won't be. Uh, All right. It won't be Ottinger over Jason Robertson. 
That's uh yeah, he's that's the that is just behind is, McDavid he, and goals. He is the next face there in Dallas. If right. he isn't already now. Capitals is gonna be well, who's that gonna be? Ovi. Right. Oh, and Ovi will not well Ovi can skip and go to Miami Beach. Can you imagine that? Do you remember just he did go that in vacation down there? Did <laughs> he? Do you remember in Ottawa? No. He didn't show up in Ottawa for an HL All Star because he said he had a bad back and he was in, I think, Miami Beach. Great. <laughs> I don't that know. That would be an all time move to go to the venue. Beach. Yeah. He took the one game suspension. He, yes. Yeah, that's I do right. remember that. Yeah, I, here's the thing. If I was Ovi or one of those guys that's been in a hundred of these, I'd be taking the one game You're suspension. You're like, my punishment today. is an no. extra game off after? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Listen, done. Yeah. Listen, I'm telling you right now. There is not a snowball's chance that this guy is now chasing Wayne Gretzky and he doesn't show up at the NHL All-Star game. Yeah, Not a chance. What if he wants to wear a Russian jersey? I was going to say, there's some some other storylines float around him that maybe he doesn't want to be in the spotlight for that long as well. So, Media tour. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But uh, they're going to have – so Ovi will go. And the question is, does Sid Crosby go? Well, he'd be the representative. See, this is another thing that's frustrating right? about being named an all-star. Is it just that it doesn't mean anything? So these guys are like, oh, if it doesn't mean anything to my legacy, then what? I don't care. Yeah, they... they, they you know, my, they, my dad would be They do guilt a lot of players in, in uh, we need you. Yeah. We need you. You're our face. I think that's a big one for Sid, is that the league's uh, like, you're Sidney Crosby. We, we need yes, you Yes, we need you. And there are some times when it's legit, I'm sure, and he's just tired or his back's bothering him, and... He has skipped a, f- a he few. Has. I seen the same weekend Ovi did the one year. But I, to me, it'd He's be hurt. much more appealing to these older guys if you're just playing a real hockey game. Like going there and playing this stupid three-on-three like tournament where you're just, you know, like Sid really have any interest in playing on a three-on-three tournament? Like what's he, I don't know. To me, the five-on-five, a real hockey game is much more appealing yeah. to some of these guys. Anyways. Well, if, if that's the case and we're, we're talking about seasoned veterans and whether they go or not, Let's talk Chicago Blackhawks. Like who's they have to send a hockey player. They gotta send oh, a can. hockey player, and I'll be shocked if Pat Kane goes. You would? Yeah. Just think what are you going to celebrate type of thing? I just think that first of all He's first you know, on the I team have, with twenty seven and thirty seven. I, have, I have talked uh Maybe Max Domingo. Right from the beginning of the year about all this speculation about him being traded or not that He's he's in control. He's got all the power in the world. But the one thing is, he's not a hundred percent healthy. Yeah, he's not. And he's I don't know what I don't know what that number is. But if this guy shut it down tomorrow and said, "Yeah, thanks. I'm just going to wait for free agency," mm-hmm. and it's you know I did my part for half a season with some of these kids, yeah. but I don't need to. I want to play for another four or five years, and I don't want more any any more wear and tear this year. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Would they send Alex Stalock, who has played 11 games? Peter Morazic. Let's break. All right, let's break. Seth Jones. <laughs> a face. A young face who's making 9 million bucks. I know. He's minus 26. He will be the first minus 26 <laughs> in <laughs> NHL history at an all-star game. So true. Okay. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with PJ stock. Eric Lindros is on the horizon. Plenty of more on real Kipper and born. All right. It's only taken. It's only taken half a season to hunt down PJ stock for us. Got him. That's how busy he is. 
Although every once in a while, if I really miss him, I just go get the the video of him fighting uh, uh, Pete. Was Stephen it? Pete, yeah. Stephen Pete. It's a good one. Peach, how are you, pal? It's about time, guys. It's I mean, about time. Well, I know. Well, if you guys would stop calling me collect, it would be a lot different. <laughs> I don't pick up those calls. Listen. And he... I know it's not born because he's the bright one. Kipper, this totally is on you. This is totally on you. Buddy, I'm, I'm, I'm jilted. You dumped me for dangle and, uh, you know, that, uh, what's it called? The pro, what? The player cast. The player cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a working process. It's pretty fun, though. It's, it's interesting. It's uh, obviously Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, for people that don't know, on sports and now on Saturday nights, we do the late game. Steve Dangle does the Toronto game where he's, he's it's amazing how he just sits and yells at a camera for so long. And I can, being a Toronto fan, and just, I don't want to get to, well, I want to mention something about Toronto later, just because I haven't had a chance to go on my Toronto rant with you guys this year. <laughs> but um, he's he's been doing it for quite some time. It's fun. So now we do the late game, and it's a little, when you sit down and shoot the poop and have nice. a drink and talk sports. Nice. Okay, we're going to get into the Leafs, because we want definitely want your uh, your thoughts on the, the first half of the season here. But uh, as far as the Montreal Canadiens go, uh, they're... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You you got to come clean. Uh, there, there's Leaf fans that want to hear the the misery of uh, of a Montreal Canadian fan right now. So, you're you're repping them. Uh, how has it been? Uh, will they feel better when Nick Suzuki's named to the All Star game? Uh, what's going on? Where's the vibe? Well, the vibe. You know what? It's what Marty Saban we brought in last year. I'm midway through the season when he took over. He created a lot of of. Uh, He's a French from Didlock. He, he kind of opened up some of the scoring drugs for some of the guys. Obviously, the one that everyone knows is Cole Caulfield, right? So the Canadians still lost the same amount of games, and they gave up the same amount of goals, but they were more exciting to watch. And a lot of it had to do with the excitement in their play. Uh, and, and it was a lot to do with, you know what? It was a little bit run-and-gun hockey. Like, you know, they're not a ton of defense. Yeah, they're going to give up tons of opportunities, and goalie's going to stand on his head, and but they're having opportunities at the other end. And that's something that they didn't have under Ducharme. But that was last year. But how did it end up? Well, they got the first pick overall, so kind of summed up last year. And then this year started off with a little bit of that same, you know, uh, Martin never really had a coach. Sorry, never had a, a, a preseason to kind of get things settled and get guys in place and really have some extra time to work, as you guys know, how hard it is during the season. So it started off, he had that time. And then what happened, you know, everyone knows they finished 32nd. They're a young team. Well, now injuries happen to their veterans. And, and as much as they were expected to not be great, they were still starting off to lose, but lose the right way. And they did win some games because some nights their goalies stood on their heads and other nights they had one line, Caulfield, Suzuki, and Lonely Lee uh, they, they scored goals, and it was fun. They fit a hard wall, a hard reality wall. Um, they, they're missing veterans in key positions. They're not that run-and-gun hockey. If you're not scoring on the other end and you're still playing porous defensively, this is, teams are a lot better now. The tail end of last season didn't really matter. Now it's starting to matter. Yeah, it is. look good. No, it's fascinating to watch, too, and will be interesting to see how, what they decide to do as they move towards the trade deadline. Um, you know, I want to make sure we have time to get your Toronto rant in. So I'm just uh-huh. going to step aside, and, and you let us know your thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll, I'll be really quick. I, I, they've been fun to watch. <laughs> I'm really excited about the Leafs. My only problem is 
They're starting off against Tampa or Boston to start the playoffs again. But I, 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 I want to go back to this one eighth, one plays eight. You know, I and I know back in the day I grew up in Adams, uh, the old Adams Division fan. But uh, we used to watch every. They always played the same teams, but it's it's just not the same anymore. And I feel bad for the Leafs because despite their slow start and how amazing they've been over the last little while. This team is built to have success during the regular season, and then the rules change. And I don't know if they're some of the moments that I've watched that they're ready to make that playoff change. And the two teams that they're going to have to play against probably off the hop um, are two teams that are built that way. So I'm enjoying the ride right now for Toronto. I just don't want everyone to get too excited because we all know what could potentially happen. All right, in you, about you've got two. I'm positive Toronto though, right? Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad for you. <laughs> it's not bad. So I, I'm kind of listen. I I have to be the Canadians still last again. Well, in their division, so I, anything up is positive. So you you can you got two choices here with our boy Sammy McKee here. You can cry in your spilt milk. Mm-hmm. Sounds that tempting. Saying? Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Am I close enough? No. <laughs> It's just plowing. You can cry like a baby. (laughs) That's better. Like Sammy. Or you can actually do something about it. What do they need? What do they do to ensure that they can get past a Tampa or Boston? I think they got to get. I I love their upfront when they commit to playing 200 feet. Like every team that's successful has their. O'Reilly, Bergeron, Kopitar, Taves. You know, Toronto's a little bit more high-flying, and that's why they can they get away with it during the season. I don't know if Tavares has the foot speed to be that guy in the playoffs to go against the team's top line every year, so that's my concern. But then I watched how the Montreal Canadiens were a team that were terrible during the COVID year. and They still managed to make it in in the Canadian division, and they, they rode three guys on the back end who were just big, bulky, solid defensemen. They shut down team cycles. They cleared out the front of the net, let their goalies make saves, and they got the puck out of the zone. And, you know, I'm thinking that's you don't need you don't need defense that are super mobile and great. You just need them to clear the front of the net, don't give the other team opportunities, and get the puck out of your zone. Toronto's least uh, forwards are uber talented if they can not have to play defense. So, you know, they were you know, they had in the Canadians best line when they went to the cup final was Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Joel Armia. And they rode the, for, the defense of what is Edmonston, Weber, um, forget who else I'm leaving, uh, Ben Chirot. Like, those six names right there are not going to win your hockey games, but they're not going to lose your hockey games. And they win, they're good enough to keep you in every playoff game. So I, I would really love to see Toronto. You don't need, you know, guys that go run around. You don't need more goals. I think you need more thick, heavy um, guys that that understand what it's going to be like for playoff hockey. Do you have any belief that they could add, like uh, Matthew Nyes, this kid's coming out of college, he's 6'3", 210. Do you think it needs to be someone with uh, experience or would it be okay just to have him come along and be the guy for the Leafs? Not in playoffs. No. Not the first year. I I mean, there are guys that can step in. I think it's easier to do it in an offensive role than it is to do it in a shutdown role. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the hardest part. You know, every time you're going up against, let's just say it's Kucherov. 
you know, I, I, that's why it's it's hard. I mean, the Leafs had a great run out of it last year. I do think this year is a year that they can make that. They just got to get through that first round. That's all they have to do. And I think and anything can happen from there. They got great people behind the bench, great people upstairs, and great personnel on the ice. It's just they don't have it in their head just yet. I, you know, I, I Joel Emerson is not a flashy name. He's not a flashy name. He doesn't. He you know he hasn't have been great for the Montreal Canadiens lately. Uh, ben Sherratt's another one. He's in Detroit now. He's, they just play simple playoff hockey. Get the puck out of the zone. Get the puck out. Clear the front of the net. You allow to get away with a little bit of rugby in the playoffs, and they have that in their mentality. It's hard to teach an offensive guy to play dirty rugby playoff hockey because they just don't have it. That's kind of where I think you just need a couple of bodies. Who's going to kill the last minute of, of, uh, of a penalty or to start it in zone heavy minutes, the last minute of a period? Um, the other team's making a push. Who's not going to get worried or try and ice it? He'll just eat it in their feet and get, you know, take body checks because they know, you know, a great name that I played with was a guy named Sean O'Donnell who was the least flashiest player ever. But OD did whatever he had to do just to, like, eat seconds, you know, get the puck out. How many passes did he make in a year? I don't know. But he got the puck up out of our zone to Joe Thornton, and Joe just hunted it down, passed it to Glenn Murray, and they scored. I know I'm dating myself a little, but that's kind of – you don't need the, the the game has completely changed in the playoffs, and I it's the only sport that kind of does it. But I think that's something that they really gotta pick out whoever they can. Um, and I think it's it's a big. I think this is that core group. I really do think if it's not this year, I know everyone's been saying it for a long time, but they really gotta come up with ideas how to change this because they're also gonna just keep doing this. One more for me before we let you go, and uh, we're gonna hunt down. Uh... Eric Lindros, he says hi, but uh, I, I told him that. Uh, yeah, Biggie's out to me. You know what he's doing right now? He's just taping things that I'm saying. He's writing them down. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Maybe you can write this one down because this is my final one. Uh, your ex team. You good. Your ex team, yeah. the Boston Bruins. How Crazy. surprised are you? Everyone is. Like, don't, don't you can't be anyone and anyone and and in the hockey world and tell me they are they should be where they are. They're plus fifty seven. In 37 games. It's a goal and a half per game. They're up and they're winning. They brought back a guy that hasn't played in the NHL to be kind of their number two guy. Um, they were supposed to have injuries that were going to be up until Christmas. And he's, you know, Marshawn comes back early when he gets two goals in his first game back. Um, they play a lot of hockey and they all have reasons to be a little bit older and slower. And it is amazing how well they're playing. Taylor Hall and they just have the right people in all these right places. Their back end's been, again, so many holes it shouldn't be great they just they're playing right they're just playing their two goalies have been spectacular you need great goaltending you need solid d and the right guys making the right things happen up top and i give so much of that credit to patrice bergeron a lot obviously jim montgomery coming in and 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 getting them kind of keeping them on page for what they had last year they were a good team last year but this just they're finding ways to win right now and finding ways not to lose at home it's pretty amazing they haven't lost at home in regulation. So they have the right recipe. If I'm Toronto, we just, we need a little, a, a little tiny, tiny bit from every one of those, those Boston guys. If a Toronto guy can add it to their game. They're not that far off, but it's the little, 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 little things that are going to make the difference in the playoffs. Hey, don't be such a stranger on our show. I stopped calling collect buddy. All right. <laughs> Appreciate Peach. Thanks buddy. Bye Barney. Former national hockey leader, PJ stock.
Um, USA Sweden, 5-5 at the start of the third period. Defense. Defense. <laughs> They're kids. <laughs> I know. What do you, like, I know. The unpredictability. That junior hockey is wild. Some of those games are down 6-2 and you win 9-6. It's fun. I understand why people love junior hockey. Wow. We're going to hunt down uh, Eric Lindros, talk a little of Connor Bedard as he now, gets he ready. Now, he was good in junior, Eric, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, there was a little <laughs> bit of hype on him. Yeah. Seemed like would a... There have been, would there have been any internet hype for Eric Lindros oh back then compared to what maybe Connor Bedard is going, is going through? Let's bring him in. Uh, Biggie, Eric Lindros, uh, Hall of Famer. Thanks for uh, making time, pal. How are you? I'm good, Kipper. How are you doing? We're doing great. Uh, you know, we're going to watch a, a gold medal game, Canada, Czechia. And I'm just wondering now, uh, the Connor Bedard show and, and what is going on. And, you know, if there's one amazing, guy that can... It? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. And does it, when you watch a guy like that and uh, attract the attention, do you... Do you do, does, is there a part of you that looks upon what you went through or uh, to just avoid that altogether? I, you know what? I think, I think we all got a little bit lucky when there weren't uh, people weren't walking around with cell phones the way that they are <laughs> right now. And, and uh, Twitter wasn't there and, you know, little mini clips of, of, uh, of goals weren't available, to, uh, you know, within seconds of something happening. Um, uh, no, I mean, geez, I was early nineties, right? So it was, uh, it was all pretty quiet and, and insulated, and you, you know, you really just uh, got out of the hotel. You went to the rink, and you just had a, a real focus and, and went and did your job. So, so did you not feel the the weight or the pressure that came with being such a an exciting young player? Well, you know what, I, I think right now, I, I don't think he would feel it as as anything other than the desire to have the pressure that you want to have on yourself when you want your team to win. Um, that's that's the biggest thing, and that's probably what he's 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 feeling right now. I mean, no one can really speak for him but himself. But I, I think that he he uh, uh, the pressure to win for Canada, especially playing in Canada, is is incredible. And and uh, I mean, it's great pressure. It's a lot of fun, and it's wonderful when you do it. We I had a chance in, in uh, Saskatchewan and Saskatoon to to play for Canada, um, or sorry, to, to win in, in Canada. And it was, it was amazing. But leading up to it, there's a lot of pressure. There really is. There's a ton of pressure that uh, leads up to it, and there's no, there's no escaping that. But uh, there's a great group of, uh, of players there, and it looks like uh, we're, in, we're in pretty good shape to, uh, to go give a good run for it. You jokingly said that uh, not that many cameras back then, but if you can go back and, and close your eyes and you're this phenom out of Oshawa and uh, there's this massive buildup towards the NHL draft, would you have been the type of guy that would just sneak a peek on Twitter to find out what the heck everybody's talking about? No, no, I don't think so. You know what, honestly, Kipper, what, you, you, you get out of bed, you, you go to those, I, I'd go to the rink a little bit early, and they always had those uh, the courtesy shovel, uh, shuttles for, uh, for moving, the, moving the players back and forth between the ranks. And uh, you know, we just just slide over to the rink and uh, a few hours, three hours before the game, and and uh, and get ready to go. I, I don't, no, there's no not really you know peaking. Of course, when you walk by the, you know, in the in the in the downstairs of the of the hotel, you're going to see uh, 
you know, back then it was newspapers were actually prevalent and, and everybody, you know, they were all over the place and you had breakfast and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> things, things, things have changed. And, uh, but no, I bet you he's just getting up, getting ready to go and, and, uh, and the blinders are on and uh, he takes the blinders off when it's time to, uh, to, to go and play the game because he's really seeing the ice extremely well. Yeah, no kidding. And you know what? I, I have to ask this because I can't help but think about you know, you get drafted and, you know, the, the transition from Quebec to Philly happens and, and we all, that's all been well documented and covered. Staring Connor Bedard in the face right now is Arizona and this 4,800 seat rink and years in almost a minor league building. What do you think he would be thinking about when in terms of wishing or hoping or, or just worrying about what his next team's going to look like? I don't think that's something that's going on. It's, uh, it's going to enter his, his, his head today. I think that might be something that he'll, he'll talk about or, or maybe, uh, I mean, we can't speak for him, but maybe he, he goes and um, confronts a little bit later on. I, mm-hmm. I, mean, how long, I don't know how long uh, Bill, you know, Bill Armstrong and the, and the Coyotes are, are going to be uh, in that rink. And uh, who knows? Who knows what, uh, what the, the overall plan is and where he, uh, you know, what he decides. Well, and... It really is up to Arizona to paint a picture uh, that this thing's going to look real healthy in a very short period of time. I mean, that's unfortunately you didn't have that with with Quebec. There was a lot of issues going on there um, that you weren't comfortable. You were totally within your rights to to do and and say and act uh, the way you you did back then. But you know, this this guy's carrying a lot of clout much like only a handful of guys in history uh, are able to do coming out of, uh, say, junior hockey. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, he'll, he'll make his call on things, I guess. You know, we'll, we just all sit back and, and wait and see. We will wait and see. Hey, listen, I, I know yeah. you're, you're, you're on the ice with uh, what's going on, alumni, what do you, what do you got oh, going no, on, Philly? Uh, I'm, I'm actually in here to watch, uh, watch Phoenix play uh, uh, Philly here in Philly tonight. So, uh, no, we're on our way. It's uh, it's 90s night. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> right up your alley. Uh, yeah. Uh, er- Eric, thanks for doing this, man. All right, guys. Thanks so yeah. much. Appreciate it. Eric Lindros, Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, this feels like a touchy subject. Well, you know, I think he's past that, though. I, I know he, he is. He is yeah. past that, and we've actually seen him put on Quebec Nordique jerseys. And, yeah. You know, that's... Uh, Oh, he's addressed it at length. That's uh, water under the bridge now. Yeah. And it has been well documented. But these guys, like Badar, like Mario Lemieux didn't even get up for Pittsburgh. What didn't even get up off his seat. And he was just like, thanks. I don't remember that. I don't. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was my era. Yeah. And I think it was the Montreal Forum. Did he not want to go there? Uh, I think they had co- uh, contract issues. Oh. And he, he gave them the shoo-shoo. <laughs> That's great. If I if I remember correctly, you're like you know, for young guys like that, you must be taking so much advice from adults. Not that you're not legally an adult in some cases, but generally, like you don't know. Oh, he's 17. Connor's 17. I know. Uh, Eric's 18. See, I forget what 17, 18 is. You got kids that are just through that yeah. age, but like you're still a kid. Oh yeah. Like to you know, say I'm not going to sign this contract yeah. or I'm not going to go play for team. Like you, you're listening to other people, and they're. Presumably Bedard's agent saying this is good or bad. or It's a different world now, right? Yeah. It's just a completely different world. It is. But just, the power is the same. And Connor Bedard holds, he, he'll come in and he'll, 
he'll be one of the bigger voices at 18. You know how in talk radio, it's fun to do what if scenarios? Here, I got a what if for you. Yeah. Lottery balls fall. Arizona gets the number one overall pick. Yeah. Bedard's agent makes it clear to Bill Armstrong, he's not coming there. He's not going to play. It might be a possibility, as Eric said. What is a return on the number one overall pick this year look like in a trade (laughs) before the draft? That's an awesome question. That is an awesome question. I mean, if you won't go and you're Arizona, you're like, see, you know, what do you got? Empty your pockets and show me. Here is, um, here is uh, the the double edged sword, or you know, the issue here is that whether or not it's Bedard uh, with a potential Arizona, or it's uh, you know any other star player, once once you establish that I don't want to be here anymore, you actually like lose. You lose some power, but it, but it may be regained with a number of bidders mm-hmm. that are willing to throw themselves in the the race. So uh, sometimes you just got to cut your best deal, yeah. and if you think it's more, it may be like in the NBA the teams road, trade five firsts. Sometimes well, I, 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 th- that was what I was going to throw out right away is five first rounders. <laughs> To start, (laughs) like I need, I need, yeah, Yeah. I'm giving you. I want your draft picks that you can trade. Yeah, I'm giving you a top prospect that we see. A franchise changer. Five of them in 50 years. I remember uh, seeing a report, and this is 10 years ago before NBA players started making a zillion dollars. I think LeBron was making 20 million, and they had done the research, and they said, LeBron is actually worth 80 million. You know, based on what he brings into the franchise, what he... And now I think he earns 50 or something per year. But he's probably worth $100 million. Bedard's probably worth hundreds of millions over the course of his career to a franchise. Well, maybe not hundreds. The Montreal Canadiens have five first-round picks in the next three years. They have theirs, Florida's, then they have theirs... In the next three years. See, that's interesting to me. Get them in a bundle like that. See, if if we remember... uh, Pull up the Lindros trade to Philadelphia. Because it was... First rounders, it was prospects, Forsberg, of course. Mm-hmm. It was Mike Ricci. It was Kerry Huffman. I think it was the goalie. But the equivalent of that trade today would be like fifteen million off your cap. Right. right? Or added to your cap. Yeah, right. Twenty million. Like back then you just didn't care who what, what the dollars what were. What the dollars were. He right. was you- traded from uh, the Quebec Nordiques, yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers, for Steve Duchesne, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextel, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon, future considerations, <laughs> a, a round players. first pick, uh, two first round picks. That's a Colorado and a, and a Avalanche cap. Cup right if, there. If we try to equate that to the salary cap, yeah. that's like $30, $40 million <laughs> yeah. that Arizona no can take that would, on. Nobody can take that on. Yeah. So now you are really Arizona down. Arizona can take on more than most. They, but they don't want to. No. They love their dead money. They love their, you know, whatever. But they. They will not take that for Connor Bedard. Yeah, they're not ready for it. They don't want it. They don't want to pay for it. That's franchise altering for them. So that's five oh, first rounders and maybe guaranteed all your blue chip prospects. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know it's not unreasonable to to think you could be that wild. So, but I also I, think I there's like a world. Their, Pat, uh, uh, that, was a, that was a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Five first round picks: Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki. They do the whole. 
franchise. Slaff. Slaff. Slaffy. Slaffy Taffy. To me, like, that's such a fascinating question. Well, because I think there's a possibility that if Bedard didn't want to go, he would communicate it th- quietly, right? Like the agent would say, he doesn't want to do it. Can you trade it? You know what? There's no way that doesn't get out. I don't believe... I don't believe that... Uh, his representative, and I'm not even sure who it is. Is it uh, Greg Landry? Okay, of Newport Sports Management. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's right. He's a Newport guy. I don't think that uh, conversation gets broached until after you know he's an In Arizona, Arizona Coyote for sure. You, you wait till the balls go. Yeah, you you don't you don't want to create that energy. You don't want to create something you that isn't to definitively an issue so just true. yet. You know, in my ear from uh, Derek Brandeo, and I'm throwing you under the bus by saying it came from you, is what if the Leafs were losing the first round? Would they trade Matthews plus? You get Arizona want Austin Matthews <laughs> and picks. <laughs> Bedard comes to Toronto. Okay. Ah, like, now listen, we're just. No. Listen. This you guys were trading Morgan Riley old. yesterday. If, if just they saying. want Matthews, they just wait one more year. Oh, you free. You just. Mm. No, I'm serious. You don't right lease fans mush. You, you just wait a year. You don't. You're not trading for Austin Matthews. You're saying the Matthews come play with Austin Bedard. wants to go. If he's open to it, then you just wait a year. You don't need to trade him. It's a good point. Yeah, because then you'd say, well, you know, you get to play with Bedard when you come here. Yeah, yeah. Please God, not don't let him get it. Please God, what? <laughs> Oh my goodness! We um, have derailed. Well, no, I just I'm just hoping to God that they don't. This isn't even a conversation. Just let it like let it be Chicago or Philly or yeah, God forbid Montreal, like somewhere where it's just like he's going to be uh, noticeable. Yeah, we should hope Montreal. <laughs> yeah, we should. Should we? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we, we, I don't just, know if you last checked when a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. We just watched Montreal go to the Stanley Cup final with Eric Stahl as the best line. Who did PJ just say it was? Eric Stahl, Joel Armia, and someone else? Corey Perry. I don't need them to have Connor Bedard. It would be fun to it would watch. Be fun. It would be fun. I've, I'm enjoying and Ottawa's resurgence. Canada. You know, Buffalo's resurgence with Tage. It's all good for the Leafs. It's fun. Yeah. All right. What else is making news? Oh, I lost plenty my lineup. Things. I got mine. What do Here you got? We, go. we got uh, we got a few more minutes. Uh, how about Max Pat? Max Pacioretty returns to the Carolina Hurricanes lineup. Do you remember Max Pacioretty's on the Canes? Forgot he's, about that. He's played no games for them. Yeah, that's and they're what the I, second I can't best team in the him league. See, see him in any uniform in Carolina. Zero games. Totally forgot. Second in the NHL overall. And what is Vegas? Uh, he's making seven. Yeah, Vegas got back seven in cap space. They got nothing. Nothing. Carolina took all seven million. I think they took it all and gave them nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure wow. none of that is left on Vegas's cap. That's surprising that they would eat all of that. I mean, he's a good player. You got him for nothing. It was one year. They just too. handed him off. And it's just one year on the yeah. cap. Oh, that's all he's got left. Yeah. He's a free agent after this year. And he played well in Vegas too. Man, at times. his name hasn't come up at all as a UFA guy. I guess he hasn't been playing. So that and he plays on a good team. So they're not going. Right. They're not going to trade him. He's just going to play with them, and then they'll sign somewhere else. But, yeah, I feel like we never talk about Carolina, and they're just every year. They're the same sort of machine-like team in the regular season. They're actually a fascinating team. You know, when you talk about who is their all-star, 
Um, Their goalie. Sveshnikov. Well, the team leader in points is Martin Natchez this year. 37 and 38 games. 17 of those are goals. Svechnikov is right there. Kipper, a few yeah. points behind him. 19 goals in 38 games. But Aho, like if you go down the list of this team, Aho's got 30. Then it's Brent Burns, Stefan Nason, Martin Hook's got 10 goals. Seth Jarvis has 13 goals. Jordan oh. Stahl's got 10 goals. Like they're deep. Shea, fast. Kotkaniemi, all those guys. Kotkaniemi's like a fourth liner for them. Kotchkov. Slavin's one of the That's best. Kotchkov. Kotchkov uh, Paul Stastny's on the team. Is he Is he your... your He's my vote. But he is, he, is he your playoff goalie that's going to take oh, you sure so. to the promised land? If he hates Freddie Anderson. I'd sure, so. I would tri- sure as hell trust him more than Freddie. That's for sure. Yeah, I was, I I was looking that's... up all those uh, Justin Hall numbers. This Jalen Chatfield on their third pair has been very good for them defensively. Good at denials, breaking the puck out. Their D's so good. Derek Stepan's on their team. Poor Andre Kasha, one game played. Oof. Tough one. So that was interesting. Patrick coming back. Uh, Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson are close to returning for the Washington Capitals. But then they lost Carlson for a long time. You know what? Uh, cracked his face, didn't he? On it a reminded pop? me of the, the one I took to the face where, yeah, he took it in the mush pretty good there. And I think his jaw looked not what, great. What happened to you? Slapper in the face. Right here. I got... I got a 10-screw oh. plate and an X plate oh. that holds my chin together. Really? Oh, I was bad. Yeah, I was in wires wired shut for two months. Who shot it? My own teammate. I passed it up to the point, to the D-man, went to the net front. No tips, nothing. <laughs> Straight screamer in the jaw. Did Ugh. he feel bad? He, he brought me a bottle of whiskey. I'm like, thanks. I'm drinking liquid Percocet. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> this should help. <laughs> God. Yeah. That was the last game I ever played. Tom Wilson will help them, you think, a little? Do you like Tom Wilson? I'm a big Tom Wilson guy. I thought you might be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else you got for us, Sammy, on your list? Winter Classic sets ratings record. 1.8 million viewers on TNT. sound like very much. 1.8? No, I, I, think, I think that maybe says a lot more about previous Winter Classics than it does about yeah. like this one. Now, that's not – I don't think it's the highest ever. I think that's uh, the highest maybe for cable. Okay. Would, right? But what are we talking about here? Like NBC would be yeah, not... Yeah, NBC would be not cable. I, I think they've had four, three and a half, four million people watch yeah. for NBC. You see, you, were, you came around, right? I read your column. You yeah. like the outdoor game. You think it works? You're... I know people love it. Yes. And I've been to, and I've covered many. I, I got to play an alumni game and mm-hmm. uh, Rangers in Philadelphia the energy when you're there yeah. is off the charts. And what's cool is it's really unique. It's something different. And the NHL, to their credit, they don't stuff it down our throat with advertising. Like, it's it's for the local market more than anything, right? It's Well, it, it is now. I think uh, when it first local fan it base, yeah. it, was, it was like a national feel, right? For like, sure. must, must see TV nationally. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. But... It's uh, whether it was NBC or TNT now, they, it's a signature kind of day for them. They were yeah. smart enough not to go against the NFL, so they moved it off a day instead of Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Um, they seem to be happy with their, their TNT number. So, yeah. Sure. I mean, we're not talking NFL numbers. <laughs> no. You know, yeah, ratings are an interesting thing. Like, I don't even, I couldn't imagine what they used to get or how that changes or anything. So, Sounds like it's good, though. Ratings are good. 
Um, Tampa Bay got smoked by the Minnesota Wild last night. And With he, Brian Elliott in that. So was, did you say on or off the air? Maybe I just haven't stopped paying attention to you. That's but fine, uh, you, you get that a lot. You talked about point and how many guys ahead of him. You I was would off pick. the air. Where okay, I said good. That I want to hear this on the air. On the air, yeah. I think you would be shocked how high I would pick Braden Point if I could do a draft of all the players in the NHL. Yeah. Like way up like there. Top five. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. Top five. I mean, you're looking I, at I don't think McCarr, he's McKinnon, off. McDavid. This, this guy is money. You know, taking we, him ahead of Matthews. That's uh, in the playoffs. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're, 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 he's going to walk out of the building. We're, we're I ta- don't we're, know. Hey, he's already he's already proven he's one of the best clutch playoff guys in history. Yeah. So you tell me how you pick Matthews over him right now, with his cup rings and his uh, record producing points. He's. Just such a force of, of nature. JB's he's, not wrong. He's and he's healthy now, right? He's just he's in the zone. Oh yeah, he's you know whatever he's got forty points in thirty one games or something scores. Do you take him ahead of Tage Thompson? Yes, hundred percent, without flinching. Tage is gonna. I know. Would I take? He's gonna, go, gonna go through a few things before he gets into in a that. couple of years, maybe Tage Thompson. But yeah, like this year, make, right now, make the playoffs, Tage. Right, right. Just over Leon Drysaddle. Love that question. Love it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Drysaddle, I just think, is unbelievably skilled and all that. But, like, you don't have Braden Point games where you go, I don't know, he just didn't do it for me. Like, Drysaddle have seven points one night. Had a Mitch Marner? Yeah. Okay. Had a Kucherov? It's hard to knock point over guys that have not done it. I think that's it, Kipper. That's it. That's, that's, That's all. Okay. Well, you're great. Did he win a you're Cosmite? talented, but you've not led anything. Braden Point. I think Braden Point would be one of the first did, three names did not win listed when they were making the next team Canada. Right? Yeah. Like I think he's right up there. He might be playing the top line on Team Canada. So maybe you guys are right. Is I, there any I, chance Canada loses tonight? Yeah. They got run pretty good in the first game. Yeah. By uh, the Jets. I think that woke him up a little bit, caught him put off, him on ca- notice. Caught him off guard. They tried like 17 Michigans in the first period. <laughs> <laughs> News of that traveled to Cabo, San, San Lucas. Wasn't pleased. My old man and I weren't very pleased about that. So, I don't know. I think they'll probably win, but. I, there I were a great men, many Canadians offended Here's... by the fancy play. Which which fancy play? Oh, against Czechia uh, the first time oh, when the, the Canadians yes, trying the Michigan, yes, the Michigan like, legit twice. three was it twice? Twice, yeah. twice. Uh, one more for you on uh, Canada tonight. Mm, yep. Uh, does Shane Wright need a big game here? I listen. I, I hope Shane Wright enjoys this experience playing for Canada because I, outside of the World Championship, I don't know if he's going to get another look at this. Wearing that jersey, he's he's non-existent. You know, you worry about a guy who started to fall in the draft as it got closer to the draft at the end of last year and then coming this year and didn't have a great start for Seattle at all. Um, you know, like you just worry. And now he's not. And he's got, I think it was six points in six yeah. games in the World Juniors. Okay. No, not great he's numbers. But uh, spent two two weeks in the American Hockey League and actually looked okay. Yeah, and scored some goals. He's going to be a National Hockey League player. Yes. The question is, uh, is he going to be a star? I think watching Lafreniere has really been eye-opening for people that like guys who are really good and highly touted. It's not promised. 
it's not for sure that you're going to matter in a big way because you're drafted that high. Whether it's Yakupov or some of these guys that just take a little longer to come around. Well, we we hope shall he see. scores a couple big goals tonight. Yeah, we'll hope see he gets tonight. the winner. Our thanks to Eddie Olchuk, who's calling the game tonight for Seattle Kraken against the Toronto Maple Leafs. PJ Stock and Eric Lindros. Fun show today, guys. Good stuff, team. Really enjoyed it. Enjoy your night. Sit back and relax. Plenty of hockey. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Stay safe, everybody.